0: This audio recording is from the 11 a.m. service with Pastor Philip Roblard. For more information, please contact us on our Facebook page. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to service. I hope that you're all having a a nice day. This morning we will start off our service with, uh, with the song that's written in your bulletin. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You're welcome to remain seated for this, but I would love it if you'd sing along.
1: Name. Blessed be your name when I'm found in that desert place. Though I walk through the wilderness, blessed be. sit be-
0: What a great way to start off worship! Great singing, everyone. It's a uh, it's a good reminder that uh, that when when things are great, we want to remind ourselves to to give thanks and bless the Lord's name. But also when there's challenges and when there's strife, when we're on that road long with suffering, that we're still to give thanks. I'll uh, open up the service with the announcements. Uh, they're all listed on the back of the bulletin. This morning I'm here as Philip is away in, in, uh, in Toronto on holidays, so let's keep him in our thoughts and prayers as he's on the road. Additionally, this is Labor Day weekend, which means that all of our uh, kids and students will be going back to school this week, and uh, a few of them are heading off to college as uh, Sam and Alicia head back and John heads off to college for the first time. So let's keep all of them in our prayers as well as their mother's. And uh, same with all of our kids who will be going back to school locally. We'll want to keep them in our prayers as they're on the bus and on the roads and uh, going to school to learn. Coming up next week, we have Fiddler Sunday, which will be a combined service here at Knox. starts at 10.30 for the uh, fiddle music, and then the service will start again at 11. Uh, But if you want to take part in all of it, please show up at 10.30. On September 15th, we will have Communion, both here and in Alphen, and it it is also Food Bank Sunday, so please bring some (coughs) non-perishables. September 17th is Presbytery, and then on the 29th, Philip will be away, and I will be back for that service. On October 6th, we have the Knox Beef Supper, which we're all looking forward to, both helping out and participating. And then on the 23rd, there's session in Elfin at 1.30 in the afternoon. Any uh, any announcements that, that were missed? Any birthdays or anniversaries? We do have a very special birthday for Bella Roy, but she is not with us today. She is out celebrating. So uh, if you see her, or if you see any of her family, please wish her best happy birthday. All right, let's uh, let's go on with the call to worship. I will be the leader and you will be the people. And it is on the first page of the uh, bulletin at the bottom. God has set this day before us, a day set apart a of rest and grace. God has set our lives before us, a day of years in which we love God has set God's seal upon our hearts so that we might live fully in deep love. Let us worship God. Please turn in your hymn book to hymn number 687, Blessed Assurance. bow your heads for the prayer of adoration and compassion. God of all generations, you are the source of all life and the strength of our lives. In Jesus Christ, you entered into our lives to show us how to live with hope and generosity. Through the Holy Spirit, you nourish our lives each day so that we can offer hospitality and kindness to those we meet. As we worship you, Lead us to drink from the goodness of your well so that we may become a blessing to others in your name. Generous God, that even through all of this we often fall short of the, of the kindness and compassion that we need in Jesus. You have blessed us in so many ways, yet we still want more. You have welcomed us like guests to a banquet, yet we find it hard to welcome strangers into our church. You've shown us what matters most in life, but we are often distracted by our own worries, busy with things that do not matter. Forgive us, O God, and teach us to honor you in all that we do and say, for the sake of Christ, our Savior and friend. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name, who taught us how to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Please turn in your hymn book to hymn number 78, This is the Day. And towards the end of it, I'll welcome the kids up for some family times. Amen.
1: You know them. Oh no.
0: But they're different from last year. I, don't I don't know what last I'm, I'm only gonna know one. okay. One of them's gonna be from last year. What about new clothes? Mm, no, no.
1: What? I
0: think Molly differed that opinion. I'm pretty confident that she went shopping and got you guys back to school clothes. Mm, today?
1: Not today. <laughs> new shoes?
0: When you go back to school, you're going to show up and get to see all of your friends. That was my favorite thing as a kid. Even my cousins. Even your cousins will be there.
1: My cousins going to be in the school. you like him? No. This
0: is, is going off the rails. Yeah, this is going off the rails. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. So, okay. So, when you guys go back
0: to school, your friends are going to say, How was summer? What did you do? And what do you... Well, you should ask your friends that. Well, what, what would you tell your friends if they asked you what you did during the summer? What's the highlight? It was fun yesterday at the first Fair, wasn't it? Going to the Aquatarium and, you, and track. You like going to the Aquatarium as well? <clears throat> so we had a good summer, didn't we? <clears throat> but now it's time for some change and to go back to school.
1: Yeah,
0: changing, and not going to go to any teachers. So, <clears throat> so I think now what we'll do is let's say a quick prayer together to pray that God is with us when we go back to school and that we show love and light the way that you want us to and we'll also keep in mind all of our friends and family who aren't here today, okay? Dear Lord, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for, the, for all the kids that you've put in our lives here at the church and here at home. And I pray that you'd be with each of them as they get ready to go back to school this week, that you would help prepare them to be ready to learn and to be ready to take on the new classroom and the new challenges, that you would be with their teachers and, their, and the administration and bus drivers, to keep them safe, and care of the kids while they're on the road. We thank you so much for these kids, and I pray that you would help them to show up full of life and light, and help them to show love and kindness to all the people that they meet. Help them be your light at school. So we're going to prepare for, uh, for today's message, and we'll start with um, the prayer together that you'll find in your bulletin under listening to God's Word. We can say it all together. Prepare our hearts, O God, while we listen to your Word. Silence in us any voice but your own. As we hear, may we respond to your message, obeying your will through Jesus Christ our Lord. So the scripture is built into the message, so uh, we won't read that right away. We will just get started right away with the uh, with the message itself. Happy Labor Day weekend, everyone. Uh, we all know what Labor Day weekend signifies, but what is it all about? For most of my life, Labor Day weekend has been uh, a bittersweet mix. On one hand, it represents a mix of Sadness or mild anxiety uh, when I was a kid that it's now the end of summer and we're about to go back to school. But then also it's been filled with farm animals and exciting demolition derby, overpriced fair games, and the pressure to ride on spinny rides and hide the fact that I feel sick so my friends think I'm cool. But that has nothing to do with labor besides the amount of effort that it took to not look like I felt sick on the rides. But these events just happen on Labor Day. They're not what Labor Day is. We still enjoy the fair festivities, and we celebrate another school year with our kids, but it's not what Labor Day is all about, what the holiday's about. On the other hand, as we mentioned earlier, my, my sister-in-law, Kristen, took Labor Day quite literally and decided to go into labor on September 1st, seven years ago, and that's when Bella came. Uh, so she, she really fulfilled Labor Day on Labor Day. But what's Labor Day, what's the history here? So I, uh, I work on the internet, I work most days on my computer, and so I went to the internet to find out what Labor Day is about. And I believe that everything on the internet should be true. Might not be, but I believe it to be. And so I went to a website called Wikipedia, which is kind of like an encyclopedia, but instead of with an encyclopedia where it's experts who write it, Wikipedia is a section of it's it's a bunch of articles and documents on to, on topics where anybody can can add in what they know about it. So if you if you were researching um, a Ford tractor and you knew something about that Ford tractor, you could edit the document and add in what you know about it, uh, and then everybody else can look at what people have wrote and they can change it or edit it. And the hope is is that through many, many people, we will get the right information because the correct the correct information will stay and be built on and the incorrect will be pulled away. So the internet tells me that Labor Day is an annual holiday to celebrate the achievement of workers. It started with the labor union, specifically the eight-hour day movement, which was focused on wanting to standardize that everybody worked eight hours during the day, they had eight hours of rest, and eight hours of relaxation. So eight hours of working, eight hours to sleep, and eight hours to enjoy life. This started in Canada back in 1872 when a parade was staged to support the Toronto Typographical Union in support to reduce the work week to 58 hours. Quick raise of hands. Did anybody here march in that parade? No. Good, you're paying attention. That was 147 years ago. Um, since then, we've reduced from a fifty-eight-hour work week to a fifty-four, then a forty-eight, and now, depending on uh, on your structure at work, it's either forty or forty-four hours before you hit the end of the work week and get an overtime, or you're told to go home. And uh, as much as that sounds pretty normal, I'm sure that there's a few of us, uh, probably uh, Jim, who might look forward to only working fifty-eight hours in a week. Um, good luck with the strike. If you decide to strike, I don't know if you'll get anywhere, but I'll support you on the picket lines. But Labor Day itself and and the movement was all about actual rest. It was appreciating the amount of labor, but wanted to instill some some rules around how much rest people would get. So let's jump in and see what the Bible has to say about work and rest. In Proverbs, so we'll I'll start talking about work because we know the Bible has a lot to say about work, so let's let's touch on those. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 4 says, lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. Colossians 3 verse 23 says, whatever you do, do work at it with all your heart, as if you're working for the Lord, not for human masters. Proverbs chapter 12 verse 11 says, Those who work their land will have abundant food, but those who hope and chase fantasies will have no sense. Romans chapter 12 says, never be lazy, but work hard to serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope, be patient in trouble, and keep on praying. Proverbs chapter 14 says, all hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. The wealth of the wise is their crown, but the folly of fools yields folly. And 2 Timothy chapter 2 said, All hardworking farmers should be the first to enjoy the fruits of their labor. Think about what I'm saying. The Lord will help you understand all these things. And I think when we hear all of those passages, it all rings true to who we are. We know that we need to work hard. We know that we need to try and accomplish a lot. And, and that feels right to what we know and how life is. But then the Bible also talks about rest. What we almost think of as the opposite of work. So let's talk about rest. Genesis chapter 2 verses 1 to 3. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day God had finished the work that he had been doing. So on the seventh day he rested. A day allocated to rest from his work. God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from the work and all the creation that he had done. In Matthew chapter 11, it's written, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In, in Mark's gospel, he says, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And in Psalm chapter 23, verse 1, it's written, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He drives me, he makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for namesake, for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me every day of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Well, that sounds quite restful, doesn't it? To be led... In green pastures to lay down beside quiet waters? Sounds like a lovely Sunday afternoon. We should all go find that. Unfortunately, we all often look at work and rest as being opposites. That, and it is true that we can really only do one at a time. We can't work, and fully work and fully rest at the same time. But these aren't meant to be opposites where we choose one life or the other. They're more to complement each other in a balanced, happy, fulfilled life. But unfortunately, most of us don't actually acknowledge rest. We think that our to-do list and our tasks are much larger than our time. And we just feel like we're running all the time to try and keep up with life and its demands and the deadlines. While at the same time, we, we look on social media and we hear stories from our friends about their vacations and how they get to lay on the beach and ride planes and go out for fancy dinners. Meanwhile, we're feeling overwhelmed with our chores and work and family and reunions and the feeling of being behind. And we're very confusing people because in the midst of all this, you know, we, we feel like we can't rest, we're a little envious of our friends who get to rest and get to Enjoy the luxuries of life. Then sometimes we even end up bragging about how busy we are. And I'm somewhat false for that. It's okay to acknowledge that life is busy. But sometimes somebody asks how you are and you say, you wouldn't believe how busy I am. I'm just overworked. I'm, over- I'm so busy. And we almost make it sound like we're bragging about how important we are. There's so much going on and they need me. I'm so... That wasn't time to say that I'm busy. <laughs> and then when we do finally take time to break and take a little rest and enjoy a Sunday afternoon in the sun with a book, we, we almost feel guilty. Well, I took that time off, and now my garden hasn't been weeded, or I haven't finished painting that and fall's coming, and I haven't got everything done that's on my list. We're so confused. <laughs> about what we should do here because we're caught up in a culture that of work, that work is busy and that we always want more and there's always so much to do. And I think work is very important. We all need work, we all need purpose, we all need drive, we need to accomplish things. But we also need to keep balance that, that we need rest. We need time to enjoy ourselves. And we almost need to schedule work. And and not, not to say, like, we all do things that are kind of laid back where, well, not necessarily laid back, but we schedule time for events to get away, and we schedule vacations, and we schedule family reunions. But oftentimes those are a lot of work, and at the end you need some rest just to recover. Because you've been running so hard, you've been baking and making food, and, uh, and trying to entertain, and you're so tired by the end, you just need a day off from your rest. While it's true that we all do need to keep our nose to the grindstone, if we don't take some time to rest, then we're unable to actually appreciate what we're working so hard for. We all know about work and responsibility. And fortunately, we do live in an area where most of us work hard every day, or we spent a good portion of our life working and building and growing and developing. So we all know what that means. So I don't think I need to argue on the side of we need to know how to work everybody here knows what that is. So let's talk about rest. Rest, if properly uh, if properly understood, has value and worth and purpose. In fact, it's essential to us feeling physically and spiritually well. I'd like to establish that first, as we read earlier, that God himself took time to rest. There's a lot in the Bible that's, that's skipped over. You know, we have years and decades in, of gaps in information in the Bible because they, the Bible is written to capture on the lessons and the things that we need to take away from it. And God uh, saw fit to include that he took a day off. He worked for six days on creation and then took a day off to rest and to appreciate that it was good, that what he made was good. And I don't think any of us would accuse God of being lazy for taking a day off. And even the Bible even says that that Jesus took time off as well. That, uh, that, that Jesus saw God's model of taking a day off and that Jesus found time to get away from the crowds and get away from his responsibilities to rest and reflect and recuperate before going back to it. There's a few passages in Mark and Luke where they talk about this. In the, in the Gospel of Luke, it's written that the news about Jesus spread... All the more, so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of his sickness. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. And Mark wrote something similar, that very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his other companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you, Jesus. Jesus. What's so surprising about these passages is Jesus withdrew when he was in the most demand. There were thousands, perhaps tens of thousands of people who had come to find Jesus for teaching and healing and to follow his ministry. They were primed, they were ready, and the opportunity was overwhelming. Yet yet Jesus was nowhere to be found. He took off. And it almost reads a little irresponsible. If that was today and we, had, uh, and we had a reunion or a revival preaching and we had a special preacher come in and all these people came to join and he took off for a, couple, for a few hours, we'd feel like that's irresponsible. There's so many people here ready and the opportunity is so big. And Jesus even knew that his ministry was only going to be a mere three years long. So time was of the essence. But Jesus understood that the need was endless. He would never fulfill, he would never address all the needs until his ministry was done. But he knew that in order to fulfill that purpose, in order to properly minister and work, he had to take time to rest and reflect and meditate on what he was here to do. He had to be, fairly, he had to be spiritually strong. Again, later on in Mark, we read that the apostles gathered around Jesus and they were reporting to him all that they had done and how busy they were and all the people that they had taught. And they mentioned that they were so busy with so many people coming and going to meet with the apostles that they didn't even have a chance to eat. And he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So at that point, Jesus took all the apostles And even though there was crowds of people and work to be done, they got on a boat and got away from all the people to find some peace, quiet, some rest, and some time for meditation. Why is is that so important? You know, it feels almost like they were uh, neglecting the need. But in fact, they wanted to make sure that they weren't neglecting their personal need. That they wanted to make sure that they were and strong and ready to minister. One of the most important functions of rest and some quiet time and some relaxation from a spiritual sense is that it gives us an opportunity to to listen to God. Often we get so caught up in the hustle and the bustle of a busy life that we become deaf to that still voice of God, to the still voice of Him giving us guidance and helping us reflect on life and what we we get so busy doing things from, from work to working in the church to volunteering to family that we forget to simply just be with Christ. We get tunnel vision and we we're so fixated on our to do list and all the things that are outstanding that we feel like we need to accomplish that we forget just to take time and rest and reflect. And we all know that that list never gets shorter. We never run out of things to do. The minute that we do, there's something else. And we need to make sure that we schedule time so that we don't just feel like we're on a treadmill, running, just barely keeping up. And sometimes this this time to rest and reflect gives us a chance to take a step away from the busyness of life and look into it and get some perspective, get some, some, uh, we get to reflect on what's going on and help realign what our priorities when when we go back to work, when we get back and do it. Secondly, as we do this, as we take time to rest and reflect, it reminds us that we're humans, and that we're not just part of a machine, that we're not just here to drive tasks and get things done, we're not just a... A tractor or a machine that its sole purpose and its sole value is getting work done. That we're actually here to build life and to share love, and have relationships and have experience. And if all that we do is work, 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 and drive that task list, we ignore the sole purpose of life. Sure, we do need to work to uh, to help build our life and establish things, but we also need to force and take time to uh, to enjoy enjoy the scriptures, enjoy music, fishing, or taking a walk in the woods. Enjoy times with the people that we love and build those relationships. Additionally, when we take time, it gives us a chance to be humble that when we step away from our work or from our responsibilities, things don't all fall apart. You know, if I take a week off from work, magically, work still happens. The business doesn't go bankrupt. It continues to work, even though I've taken a week out. Sure, they need to shuffle a little bit because of things that I normally do, but the the world doesn't come to a screeching halt when I take a time to uh, to get away and break with my family. In conclusion, we all know and understand the value of hard work, and we need hard work. We need We need things to keep us driven in life, and to accomplish, and to put food on the table, and to feel like like we're like we're contributing to our family and to society. And we should take pride in that because that is good. But unfortunately for most of us and myself included, we don't take time to purposefully schedule rest. To say that we are going to take Thursday evenings to to have a nice meal and sit and relax and play a board game with our family or to lay in a hammock on Sunday afternoon and enjoy the, the breeze and the and the sounds of birds and the sun, we think that hey the sun's up we better get something done there's work to do, and that is true but but without taking some time to enjoy and rest and reflect, we sometimes miss out on all the good things that are happening around us. Unfortunately, there's no clear guidelines. Jesus or sorry God worked for seven for six days straight and then took one day off. And some of us might be able to do that. Others of us, Sundays are not a day that we can get away from all the things going on. But maybe we could break that up into a few evenings. Maybe we could make sure that that we find time to take an an hour off at lunch to to, uh, fellowship and share and forget about the the to-do list. We could spend some time to plan a weekly family dinner. Or just schedule time that on the next sunny day you're going to sit outside and drink a coffee and read a book. We need time to rest, reflect, and give thanks for all the great things that God's given us, to give thanks for the fact that he's given us work and a good to-do list. But without the rest, we don't really fully appreciate all that we have. And if you feel like you're really looking for something to, uh, to find a way to give rest or find something easy to do, you're welcome to go to the Perth Fair this afternoon and try some of the spinning rides, but they didn't go well for And with that, uh, let's uh, let's take a moment to respond with uh, with the ties and offerings. Uh, I would ask Jim if he could come up and pass the collection plate around. Mm-hmm. Dear god we thank you for all the great things that you've given us for the work and for the income and for our lives and for all of the opportunities that surround us and i pray that you would take this small fraction of what you've given us and use it as we give it back to you for your glory and for your kingdom i pray that you would find that you would use it to pour into the communities that that we're in and help to spread the love and the gospel of your good word in your name we pray please uh, bow your head for the prayers of thanksgiving and intercession god of all times and all people on this labor day weekend we thank you for the skill and talent which you bless us thank you for what we have accomplished through the work we do and for each one of us who contributes to the well-being of our community. Inspire us to work together on the challenges we face and surprise us with solutions to the problems that seem overwhelming. Today we pray for those who labour in difficult situations, for children and folk who work in terrible conditions and are paid very little, for workers who have to work far away from their family, and for those who are underpaid or unjustly treated. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We also pray for those who cannot labor, for those who are under unemployed or underemployed, or who have been injured or too sick to keep working, and for those who are denied the opportunity to work. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those in our labor who labor in our community, for those who must work today and tomorrow instead of enjoying this long weekend, for those who must take on several jobs just to care for those families, for those who work at jobs that we wanna do ourselves because they are messy or unpleasant. God, in your mercy, hear our prayers. And on this Labor Day, oh God, we offer gratitude for the work and for our lives and for the balance, for the health and for the safety and for the people that you've surrounded us in this community. We pray that you'd be with each of us and help us to work hard and take on challenges and be ambitious. But also remember to take time for rest and reflection and and to appreciate all the great things that you've given us. And we pray for those who can't be with us here today, for those who are elsewhere uh, on this Labor Day weekend that signifies moves and preparing kids to go away to school. We pray for those who are sick and convalescing that can't be with us and I would pray that you'd be with all of them and help them to feel your love and your touch and your embrace as you surround them and support them wherever they are. We pray for George and Terry, Bob and Pearl, Sylvia and Ray, Betty, Joyce, Rob and Bob, Stan, Morgan and Nick. And for those who are in retirement homes, we pray that you'd be with them today. Pray that you'd surround them with love and fellowship that celebrates you in life. We pray for Rita, Isabel, Norma, Audrey, Don, and Donna. In your name we pray. Amen. And as we close out today's service, we'd like for each of you to open up your hymn book to hymn number 746, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accordance with Christ Jesus that together you may with one voice glorify the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um. Great week. Keep all of our students and our friends in prayer as they go back to school. And uh, if you get a chance today, take some time for rest. Enjoy the sun. Thank you. I something. Well, I like it. Then have thing. <laughs> thank you for tuning into this week's service again we would love to have you join us at one of our two sunday morning services first at 9 30 in either Elphin or snow road we alternate week, over, week after week throughout the summer and then in the winter we're only in elfin and then again at 11 a.m in mcdonald's corners feel free to reach out to us on facebook or call us at the number in the bulletin we hope to see hear from you soon and we hope that this message has reached you wherever you are